Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Nate. Welcome to part two of our two-part end-of-the-year recap episodes. So part one included our top three EPs of the year and a bunch of our favorites. Favorite song, favorite album artwork, favorite cover, um, just a bunch of different favorite things from the year, including our most disappointing release of the year, our favorite record label. There's a bunch of stuff on that. If you haven't listened to that episode, we'd suggest that you do because we do reference it here in part two different things that we've talked about already or things that we were waiting to talk about until this episode so these these parts part one and two are very joined together so hopefully you have listened to part one and you are ready for part two if not that's fine if you just want to hear our top 10 albums of 2021 and nothing else that's totally fine i just wanted you to be aware that you might be missing some context uh for what we're saying in this episode but thank you so much for listening to this episode so we're so excited to jump into it and get into our top 10 albums of the year so nate are you ready to get into this yes sir all right, so this is fun. I do like going ten ten. Maybe we'll do this for yeah. 10 I, I think we go share we honorable mentions and then go ten ten nine nine. And what I also yep. think we should do is, and sorry for everybody listening, we're planning this mid podcast, but um, I think if let's say my ten, you have it later on. I think yeah, just mention that. And then we'll talk about it when not the spot, just like okay, I'll talk more about that later. Well, yeah, and and then we'll go to it then. So like, if you have my number ten, I won't talk about it till you go, and then we'll talk about it together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So sounds good. um, For my uh, honorable mentions, uh, we each had five, which I know is excessive, but we just want to share a lot of records. so Always Repeating by Runner, The Million Mass of God by Manchester Orchestra, Always in Motion, Mini Trees, uh, Iridescent by Silent Planet, and then uh, Nurture by Porter Robinson. So those are my, my five. What about you, Andrew? We're going to have such different lists. I love it. Um, my five honorable mentions are Wage Wars Manic, Coldplay's Music of the Spheres, 21 Pilots Scaled and Icy, Switchfoot's and Terabang, and The Killer's Pressure Machine. I do like to throw in Abridged because that's the one that I actually really listen to and like uh, that just cuts out all the talking because I hate talking. <laughs> um, all right. Um, I'll start with 10 and we'll kind of, I'll go 10, you go 10, you go 9, I go 9, we go back and forth that way. So, my 10th favorite album of the year is John Mayer's Sob Rock. I really like John Mayer. He went really acoustic-y for a few albums that I didn't care for. But he's now back. Back Back-to-back albums are really, really great. Um, I just think it's really good John Mayer. I I feel like it's... He's in the zone right now of writing stuff. It's not overly, like you know you're listening to a crazy good guitarist because he's always, I think he's actually very uh, technically good that he doesn't need to just wow you with a guitar solo. So I like the feel. I like the sound. There's a lot of really nostalgic 80s sound to it. There's a song that sounds like it should be played on CCM radio. It's really funny. It sounds like almost a Casting Crown song. Um, But, like, it's John Mayer. It cracks me up every time. But, um, But, yeah, I think it's a really great album. So that's my 10. Nate, what's 10? Yeah, uh, before I show 10, talking about John Mayer real quick. I think for me, I haven't listened to that entire record either, and I need to. For me, it was, I heard that one single, the train one, Mm -hmm. and I was like, we might have already talked about this. I was like, this sounds exactly like Africa by Toto. Oh, and yep. And and then I was like, kind of turned off to the whole record because of that. Yeah. Because, yeah. What I want, this is my whole John Mayer spiel, okay? It will take me 10 seconds. 
Yeah. John Mayer, ever since his contemporary phase in the early to mid-2000s, he keeps going back to a distant past and trying to recreate an old sound. I'm at the point, which is fine, I'm at the point now where I want John Mayer to go back to early 2000s John Mayer and try to recreate that sound. <laughs> like, <laughs> Interesting. I, like, Interesting. He's already retried. Yeah, he's already retried everything else. How about he retries yeah. his, himself from 20 years ago or whatever? Yeah. That's kind of my take. But anyways, I'm, I, yeah. I know a lot of people who really like that record, so I do need to listen to it. Um, so for me, it's All Day Gentle Hold by Porches. The number 10 spot for me was the hardest spot to fill, uh, which makes a lot of sense. But... I felt really good about nine records for the top ten. I love all my... Well, I really like all my honorable mentions, but none of them at the time felt like they were a home run for ten until I listened to this record again. I've talked about this record a lot so far on the podcast, so I'd like to say this. It's weird. I'd recommend listening to Pools first his earlier record and it's worth the weirdness because the melodies are so strong that the weirdness becomes like really interesting within the more clean and uh, beautiful melodies even though he has a lot of effects on his voice and everything but but yeah all right Andrew what's your ninth record all right my ninth record is Leon Bridges' Gold Digger Sound. I think it's a great album. I've really enjoyed Leon Bridges' last few albums. Um, this is up there, if not his best album to date. Um, he just, I don't know, he has this space right now. He's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, like, it's not throwback, but it is. I feel like he's a throwback, but the music that he makes isn't a throwback. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. But, keep going he's so cool like i just want to be leon bridges as part of it but like the album's awesome there's a lot of range to the album which i really appreciate it's not just like okay i'm gonna um do one style i feel like there's a some decent style changes through the album. so i love leon bridges new album gold digger sound yeah definitely i think with with the leon bridges his new stuff so his older stuff I think it was way more of a callback or a throwback in terms of like, yeah, it had his own style and his own sound, but it was a lot more of a replica comparatively to his newer stuff, which I feel like takes the old stuff and takes a lot of newer music and mashes them together and blends them together really well. So yeah, it's yeah, not that he's not recall he's still recalling the past, but it's more merged with newer stuff. So for me, number nine, what sucks about these top ten lists, as I I felt like last year was a bit weaker for me. Uh, this year, I feel like my list is like a lot stronger. What's tough is like last year, this record would probably be like number three for me, like. All these albums are so good. Just because these records are near the bottom of our list doesn't mean we don't absolutely love them. So at this point, like any record could shift up, shift down. Like they're all incredible. But I'm going with Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. I love that record so much. Her first record was a record before this. I thought it was her first. I think this is her sophomore. I could be wrong. But it was a little less consistent than this record for me. I feel like this record's really consistent. She does a ton of weird stuff too while still being like very beautiful and like um very cohesive. It's a really nice balance of like cohesiveness but also trying out a bunch of new stuff. And I would say the her record is the best combination of opening and closing tracks of the year. So if you want to get into this record, listen to the opener and if you really like it listen to the closer and you'll be blown away i think um by those two and then you can fill in the gaps with everything in between but what about you andrew what's your uh now we're moving on to number eight what's your number ocho so my number eight is twice young's latest album twice young um 
Twice Young is a friend of mine, so it's also hard putting friends in yeah. the top ten. It's hard to figure out the place for that. Um, it's a very lo-fi record. It's very chill. Um, I love the melodies on the album. I think the melodies are so cool. It is a very chill album, uh, so just be prepared for that. Uh, I think as much as I love big rock sounding twice young which has existed in the past i think this album just fits beautifully in the space of lo-fi music i think it's so good um you can tell like you can tell a bunch of influences he's since moved to nashville and you can definitely see uh step up in just songwriting in production in some of those things that he's always been good at i feel like this he's really refined his own writing and everything style it's very cohesive album and i love it so um yeah twice young's it's not exactly a debut album but it really does feel like this is his first big release that doesn't feel like it's just this like oh i'm a small indie band it really feels like it's like a moment for him that will kind of be viewed as his debut album so that's my number eight how about you nate so my number eight album, again, I love this record so much. I recently, I didn't know this artist released a record. Very similar to You With Thrice, where to, in 2019, they had one of my favorite records of the year. I think it's probably around like 10 or 11 for me during for that year at this point. It's the band Boy Scouts. And the the record is uh, Wayfinder. It's really a solo project. Uh, it's not as much of a band. But whenever I see the track Wayfinder, do you think of the same thing? Like Waymaker? Yeah, that's what I think of. I okay. Think of Waymaker. <laughs> Spiritual. Anyways. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Wayfinder, great title. But so she is one of the most captivating artists I think I listen to in terms of like every word she says, I like hang on to. Um, and she's a brilliant vocalist. Her melodies are so interesting. Um, and she creates really simple music. That's, it's very similar to Sufjan. I mean, they don't sound a lot alike, but I would say this is true about them both. They can create simple music that's really complex and like intricate. Um, and so I love this record so much. Um, but yeah, what's your number seven? Uh, quick for for that album, you told me about Boy Scout like not too long ago. Yeah, like and around Boy Thanksgiving like, time, basically. Yeah, I really liked what I've heard. And that's a record similarly didn't make my top 10 or honorable mentions because I haven't listened to it enough to actually put it in those spaces, but I totally understand why it's there. Uh, It's kind of an Andrew core indie album too. I feel like it just sounds like something that I would like. Yeah. I think I'm, I can, Nate knows me well enough to know like when he sends me something, if I'll like it or not. Yeah. And so I, I think I even asked them, like, did you know when you were sending that one? Like, I felt like it was almost like, yeah, you're going to like this. Um, yeah. So I really do like that. Uh, what I've heard, I've actually heard a lot more of that record than uh, than some other ones that you sent, but still not enough to put it in top 10 yet. All right. My number seven is Mini Trees Always in Motion. Uh, talked about it before love that album really great album because of where it's at it feels like it's low i feel like it deserves to be higher but i haven't listened to it enough for it to be higher every album ahead of it i've listened to probably more um or arguably more at this point but i feel like i'm gonna keep going back to mini trees and at some point it's gonna be a lot higher on my list than number seven yeah. yeah, that is my seven. How about you, Nate? For number seven, I have another Michael, uh, New Music and Big Pop. Uh, this was... Which is a cool cover. That I was actually that one of my honorable mention covers. Uh, it's simple, but I do actually really like that cover. That cover is incredible. Yeah, it's so good. Um, 
this record is actually, and I mean, both bands started on, not necessarily started, but really made their uh, name known on Run For Cover. They remind me a lot of Pine Grove in the sense that when I first heard them, I didn't love the record. I, but I kept going back and I kept listening to it. And do you know those records where you're like, you just keep listening to it and you want to listen to it, even though you're not like, oh, I love this. You still, but you just keep going back for more. It's like, you just got to take another bite, got to take another bite because listening to it intrigues you. It interests you. There's something there. And then all of a sudden it makes sense. And you're like, wow, this is incredible. I think too, one thing I love about the record is they're able to pull off so many different types of songs on the record. Um, You think like stylistically, they're in a genre that's very consistent and linear and doesn't have a lot of different styles of songs within the genre often. And so they, I think really creative mix it up a ton. Uh, there might be another Michael, but they're the only Michael that I want. So, uh, yeah, that's my number seven. What's your number six? Got him. <laughs> number six for me is Thrice's album Horizons East. I think it's a great album. Thrice is always going to be in my top ten, um, whether you like it or not. I <laughs> well, like it, but you might it, not. Um, yeah, true, true. They're they're another similar to hammock where i probably just give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. and just throw him in there uh i did not actually throw hammock in top 10 but uh hey, but i might one, preemptively i mean there are those bands that you almost reserve a spot when you know they're releasing oh, yeah. like they're probably going to be in my top 10 definitely just because they've earned so much trust at that point but to be and honest, Thrice is definitely one of those we, bands real quick sorry to segue but we had talked about yeah. that with silent planet yeah and I, the record didn't disappoint and it still didn't make yeah. my top 10. Like I think sometimes it's tough where the year is just so strong where it doesn't work out, but yeah, sorry. That's my aside. No, you're good. You're good. But yeah, that's a great album. Uh, if you along with Nate didn't know it came out along with me for at least a little bit, <laughs> didn't know that that album came out. Yeah, please. Uh, I wish it was only 10 hours. It was, it was long. Like it was a Saturday hours. night party. Ah, uh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, know, and it comes out yeah. Friday morning. Yeah, yeah, you're looking more towards like the forty something hour mark. Yeah, I'm. I I was I was cutting it real close to at that point. It was probably nine or ten at night that I figured. Oh it out. boy, yeah. So I was pretty close to two days. 46, 47 yeah, range. Yeah, I was. Uh, I. I I'm sorry, Dustin. I've done you wrong. Um, Can Drew right. forgive him? Oh my gosh. I've never heard that as a pun, but that was excellent. That was excellent. Anyone who doesn't know Dustin Kenzer is their lead singer, and so that was a great joke. I love that. Um, Nate, have you seen Ted Lasso? Uh, I've only seen the first episode. We don't have Apple okay. Plus, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just there's a couple times that someone will make a joke as Jason Sudeikis' character, Ted Lasso, walks out of the room and he'll like storm back in the room and be like, "Yes!" <laughs> like if he really likes a joke, and I felt like that's my reaction to you saying that. Can Shrew forgive me? Was like, "Yes." <laughs> All right. Um, what number? We're at six. So Nate, what's your number six? Yeah. So my six, I'm assuming, is gonna be on your list higher. So, oh wait, or maybe not. I don't. You didn't already mention it. I don't think. Uh, it's Found in the Smoke by Joe Van. So It will be. I will talk about it later. So, yeah. So, I think we just move on, and we'll both talk about okay. it when, when it's your turn. Sounds good. So, five. Um, yes. My number five is Spirit Box's album Eternal Blue. I love this record. So, Spirit Box is a female-led uh, vocal, Courtney. Um, she crushes it she she screams as well it's it's hard because i want to call it like a metalcore album but it's not like she sings quite a bit like they kind of go like two hard songs two soft songs two hard songs like they kind of have this groove of the album but 
I think the guitars are, I mean, it's her husband who's the guitarist. The guitars are out of this world, like really good. Her vocals are the same way. Um, I feel like anyone who listens to metalcore, like Spirit Box, I think this was a huge album for the genre this year, uh, from my understanding. But uh, I was surprised. Uh, I really, really love that album um, to the point that now I'm like, honestly, whatever Spirit Box puts out, I'm in. It's a great album for me. So, um, yeah, Spirit Box, Eternal Blue. Nate, what's your number five? Yeah, so my number five is uh, the record Untourable Album by Men I Trust, which they have toured, um, which I love about the album name. Uh, Yeah, that's one of those, like, looking back 30 years from now, the context behind why it was called that, I don't know. I think it's it's brilliant. A brilliant album title. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't like it as much as Uncle Jazz. But I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's an incredible record. Men I Trust. Um, this record's a lot tighter than Uncle Jazz. Uncle Jazz is a marathon. And it's probably the longest record that I like. Um this record a lot tighter um a bit catch catchier for some songs sugar is i think the catchiest song they've ever put out um but it's just solid it's just solid men i trust uh this they're one of those bands for me where now they're two for two and it's like we'll see where it goes but like they're easily becoming one of my favorite bands so love this record I'll mention as far as that record goes. Didn't know it came out. (laughs) Don't know how I missed it. I really don't know how I missed it. I'm literally going and saving it now so I can listen. Um, I mean, I do know how I missed it. I have not been keeping up with new music very well, um, admittedly. But the bigger reason I'm surprised I missed it is that I am friends with Kevin on social media. Oh, yeah. He's (laughs) posted about it. Kevin Klein is the biggest Men I Trust fan that I know. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I wonder if Kevin's in Men I Trust and it's all self-promotional and, like, neither of us know this, but, like... uh, I'm sure he's posted about it, but yeah, that also yes. probably shows how little I've been on social media which compared is good. to other years. That's good. Which is good. I'm probably at a better spot because of that. Um, but all that being said, I feel like now there's an album that could have made my top 10 that's out there that I didn't even know came out. So that sucks. <laughs> it's not a fun feeling, but uh, but hey, it'll be my favorite album of 2021 that I listened to in 2022, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but, all right. So, yeah, moving to my number four album. This one I was shocked was an honorable mention for you. Yeah, I it know. It is what... my number four. Oh, well, actually, I don't. It's Silent Planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iridescent. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's true. There was actually another one. Yeah. There's multiple. That's why. And that's where I laughed and I was like, Art. Our albums, like, <laughs> lists are going to be so different. Uh, yeah, it is my fourth favorite album of the year, Silent Planet. I reserve top ten, never even question it, and it's just where in the top ten. So, obviously, with four, I love this album. I just went back to it. Yesterday, knowing full well I should listen to other new stuff, but I was on my way home from work, and I was like, I just want to listen to Silent Planet right now. So, um, I think... It's up there. It's arguably one of, if not their best albums. They only have four albums to this point, so it's not like there's like a billion albums you got to choose from. But they've all gotten better and better, and there's so much they do that's really unique. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on that album, please go back. We did a first listen episode, but my thoughts have only gotten more defined since then, and I only like the album more basically since then. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's my number four. I think I want to just build off that really quickly. For me, the reason they didn't make my 10 list wasn't quality. It was quantity. And now quantity, the question is, what do you mean by quantity? For me, it's quantity of listens. And I mean, I've listened to it a lot, but I'm at the point in my life where 
I'm just not going back consistently to heavy stuff. Yeah. And so which was me before this year. Yeah. And so this is why it's probably such a great year for this record to come out. Um, I just know I'm not going to listen to this record a lot. And so it's harder for me to have it as high, despite me thinking it's such high quality, um, because I'm just not going to listen to it as much. Um, So, yeah, but so good. Such a great record. So number four for me is A Beginner's Mind by Sufjan Steven and and Angela Diagonstein. I just I think I messed that whole thing up. Sufjan Stevens and Angelo de Augustine. Uh, what a magical ride this record is. It's pretty long. It's almost an hour, I think. It might be over an hour. Um, but just for the journey of Sufjan recently, uh, so he released Carrie and Lowell back in 2015. That's one of my favorite records of all time. Wow. I know, it's crazy how long ago it was in the grand scheme of <laughs> yeah. things. Um, and, yeah, it's just... I I honestly think... So, obviously, all our music opinions are uh, subjective. If I'm trying to be objective, I think it might be the best album I've ever heard. Even though it's not my favorite, I think in terms of quality, it's yeah. it's just... It's hard to think of an, a record that can top that. And so after that, he was a part of this pr- planetarium uh, project with some other really great musicians, which was fine. It was really long, really lengthy. Um, he then released a solo record later on, which I liked. I felt like it was a little too long, had a little too mm-hmm. much and it was a little too all over the place for me. I wish it was a bit tighter. Um, But it was still solid. Then he released an instrumental record with his dad, and then he released like four or five, I think it's five separate instrumental records all at the same time this year, Yeah. Um, which I have not listened to them all, and I need to listen to them slowly. Uh, and eventually but anyway so he's been on he's been doing a lot of stuff this record brought me back to Carrie and Lowell it sounds very different but it's simple and it's beautiful and um, Angelo de Augustine I hate when artists come together and because I feel like what ends up happening is both artists lose their identity and so like rather than the identity you loved here and the identity you loved here it's this neither instead of both this record is both and i think they're the perfect pairing i don't think anybody could have done this record with sufjan better than angela de augustine and their voices and musically instrumentally they complement each other so well so love that record all right top three the bronze medal what is it andrew yep so real quick i'm gonna go back to sufjan just for a second Because I do find it funny. Last year, I had the Ascension. I think as 10 or 9, it was towards the end. But the fact that Sufjan can do electronic Sufjan, as I would call it, and that makes my top 10, but I like his folksy acoustics Sufjan more, just proves that like either this year is better, and that's why it's not on, but that's not actually the takeaway here. Um, uh it would actually be that it should be higher on my list than 10. I just haven't listened to it. Yeah. So I think that's the takeaway is that I haven't listened to it enough, but I would I back it, up everything you say. I would wait. And I mean, there's no yeah. rush now. Listen no. in like the spring or the summer. I think it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna hit that harder then. So I'd yeah. be patient. You've already waited this long. Just yeah. listen then. I was, gonna say when he released the album just looking at it i was like oh it's a collab album that's not what i want i actually do initially i i was like i don't want that and i almost didn't listen to it for like the first few days i think you had either sent me like oh this came out or like listen to it um and i was like yeah okay um and then had some other friends who were like have you listened to new sufjan i was like no, and they're like, it's some of the best Sufjan ever. Yeah. And I'm like, really? 
And I, it kind of shocked me. But then when I was listening, I was like, okay, yeah. this." And everyone compares it to Carrie and Lowell because it's that sound again. Yeah. Um, even though it is that. And uh, even earlier, Sufjan, like, come to Illinois. Like, yes, a lot yes. of his earlier stuff. I'd say. Yes. It's, it's comparative. And his most recent stuff is most similar to Carrie and yeah. Lowell, for sure. But it's yeah. a lot brighter. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. But yeah, okay. So my third is another one I was shocked was not in your top ten, but in some ways less shocked, and I don't know why it's weird. But it's Manchester Orchestra's "The Million Masks of God." Um, I, it is probably my second favorite Manchester album, um, only behind the "Black Mile to the Surface," which I wouldn't say it's like terribly far behind either. It's closer than it should be for A Black Mile being one of my favorite albums of the last decade when we did that. Um, so I think great album, really such a solid album. And yeah, I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. We did a full podcast on it. That's where it's like, I don't know what else I haven't said about it. Um, one thing I might not have mentioned is just how good Manchester is live and just the excitement that we're somewhat in this space where live music's happening a little bit more and just the like excitement to hear these songs even over songs from a black mile I feel like this is a better album to see them tour live um there's so many songs that are so big and so epic and just like as a crowd I want to shout stuff back um to manchester while they're saying like i think his melodies just fit great for live so yeah um uh, that's all i'll say about that for million mass for me i think it's it's hard for me not to compare it to a black mile because even though it's different it's also too similar like at different parts like especially like annie and telepath that section yes in the middle um that's where it's similar yeah and so like i wish obviously i don't wish i never heard a black mile but for my enjoyment of this record i wish i never heard a black mile yeah i get that i think it would it would definitely be on my top 10 it's just i'm having a hard time not comparing which is a me problem so my number three, my bronze, is Ways to Get Out by Far Caspian. Um, again, this record took me by surprise. Somewhat similar to Daywave, who's one of my favorite artists. Just very consistent, like really tight drumming, uh, very melody-driven, very synth-driven um, music. But he's much more... Uh, creative and the types of songs he does than Daywave. And that's not a diss or a slight towards Daywave. I like Daywave's consistency. Far Caspian mixes it up a lot more. And so he has a lot more different styles of songs. This record just magical. It like bring and I've said that I said that exact same thing about Beginner's Mind, because these records they really do bring you somewhere. And in terms of all the records this year that came out, this one's the most nostalgic for me. And on a first, like we talked about, like you talked about nostalgia with the rock records, even though they're new, they bring you back. This record, for some in some way, it brings me back, and I just love it so much. I highly recommend it. Anybody in that indie, alternative, pop, bedroom pop, uh, that scene. All right, Andrew Silver, two. All right, we can finally talk about this album. Joe Van Found in the Smoke. Uh, it is my second favorite album of the year. Probably the first album I heard of 2021 that's on the list, and even just in general. Uh, I did not listen to new music the first few weeks because we were moving last year. So literally the first time that I like... Well, I almost said popped in a new album as if I'm placing things in a CD player. Um, but yeah, first album... Um, it's so good. It's some of the best from Indian Lakes that I've heard recently, but it's Jovan. It's just, it's an amazing album. It's so different than, I think that 
<laughs> Joey Venucci was messing with us when we interviewed him about it because he was so non-committal about the sound, but it was kind of like, yeah, it's like acoustic-y, like, chill, like, and there's so much more dynamic than I expected. Oh, yeah. There's so much less acoustic than I expected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I either... No, he had it done. It's not even an either or. He's just he was messing with us, and I appreciate that. Um, it, it, it's it's hard because I feel like it was not what I expected, but in every right way yeah. of what I wanted it to be. And so, excellent, excellent album. My favorite song from that album has changed probably between almost all of them at some point. That's where it was hard. I I went to that album. I was like, I'll bet you my favorite song of the year is on that album because I've listened to it the most this year. Um, Of any of these albums, it's the album that I've listened to most for sure. Yeah. And uh, but the problem is, there's no one standout song. Yeah. Like. Everything is so good that I couldn't just go, oh, this is the song from that record that I'm always into. Like, such a solid record. So um, I know this is not number two for you. Remind us what number it is, and then you can talk about it a little bit more before you're sharing your two. Yeah, so I have it at six. Uh, but again, that's no slight. Anything in the yep. top ten is incredible in my book. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you on not expecting, um, especially because Shuffle Around, the first single was acoustic. Yes. And so it like duped you. And then I think the second single might have been Your Love, or maybe it was a third. And Your Love is like way different than what I was expecting. And so... I would I'd view it less of acoustic record and more like mini from Indian Lakes. Like yeah. it's just a miniature less busy. Yeah, less busy, more synth driven. But there's still drums, yeah. there's still electric, there's yeah. still other stuff, synth work, production yep. stuff. Like everything's there. It's just a little more simpler. Yep. Um yeah, wicked catchy album. What I like about this album the most at this point is this came out in January of this year. It feels like a lifetime ago, dude. It yeah. feels like it came out so long ago. And it's just like, this is why I love music. Like, it brings you back. Like, I have, like, memories listening to that record in the um, last year. And last year was very different. Or beginning of this year. Beginning of this year is very different than now, even. And, yeah, I just, like, love the record. I think it's very well done and i'm so excited for for minion lakes new stuff i hope it comes out with the record this year but yeah all right my number two is charlie martin's imaginary people um what's incredible about this record is so charlie's like yeah these are basically the songs that didn't go on our howdy record so these are in their own way b-sides and they're not b-sides obviously but like in their own way they are and they are so good like this record is so incredible and um it's one of the most consistent records i've heard in a while i think i told charlie it's went during the podcast or after i forget but it's the best record i've heard in the last few years and at the time i would say that was true for me um yeah and i just i think the record's uh so incredible his it's so authentic that's my favorite part of the record it feels very honest and authentic like the acoustic the drums the production the piano his vocals it just all feels so honest and genuine um and yeah, his melodies are incredible. Such a good record. I should mention this. I had a running list of albums of the year, and full disclosure, I literally just forgot to put Charlie on that list. So I've been working through a list that did not have Charlie Martin on top ten. I didn't think about it because it was side project. Like I I already had him on my list, never thought about it yep. in the context of top 10. And so I literally just forgot about Charlie Martin 
that at the very least would have been one of my honorable mentions at the very least, even if my top 10 would have stayed the same. So I do actually genuinely feel bad that that album, uh, which I love that album, um, feel bad that it's not on the top 10 or honorable mentions. So, um, I do feel bad about that. So real quick, before you go, I don't, I don't know what your top's going to be. I'm very, I'm very intrigued. I think what's weird is we either have the exact same number one, but especially judging by your reaction, I don't think it is. But what that means is that my top album of the year is nowhere on your list or honorable mentions. But that would mean the same for you, too. Mine is not on That would also be the exact same. That's true. So... Right. Which so either we're gonna be identical or we're gonna be so different, yeah. and I think we're gonna be so different, which makes for better podcasts. So my number one album of the year is Andrew Bell's album Nightshade. Okay, I love that album. I think also what happened this year is um, possibly possibly the idea that Black Bear is possibly better than Dive Deep. Possibly, I I can't commit to anything, but I went back to that album a lot more this past year. Okay, you listen to man, Andrew nostalgia and me. hit a you little You listen to us as we corrected <sighs> you. Yeah, nice. I'm not saying that I actually have like a deep conviction about it, but nostalgia's hit me harder this year than past years. So at least for this year, I've been enjoying Black Bear um, more, but. Nightshade is right up there. Like that trilogy of albums right there is insanely good. good. I think, well, honestly, one of my highlights of the podcast, if not one of my highlights of the year, was interviewing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Was interviewing Andrew Bell. Um, That was kind of just like a man, if we could interview Andrew Bell, we could kind of call the podcast quits like what what else we got to do yeah i mean because we've already interviewed like joey venucci and like colony House, House and like so many Charlie of my Martin. other favorite yeah exactly like favorite Lexi, artists that because keeps going yeah on. yeah but um that interview was amazing andrew bell was so nice and i think just the context of a lot of the songs i think it's lyrically my favorite of his i would say lyrically my favorite in the sense that i understand this album's lyrics more than any of his previous i felt like he he's always been very straightforward yet poetic and confusing mm-hmm. at the same time it's yeah. a weird lyrical mix and i feel like nightshade was actually the one that that I understood the most. And maybe it's because we talked through it with him like a little bit more just about concepts of the album, ideas of the album, songs, um, all this stuff. But I love the lyrics of this album. I love basically everything about it. The production is insanely good. Um, my favorite, it is actually my favorite of his album production wise. I'll say Um, not by a bunch because he he's always had the best production of like any of the bands in my top 10. Honestly, I'll take Andrew Bell's production over any of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's probably my favorite produced album of the year as well. But yeah, I think Nightshade is masterful and incredible. So you can either start by saying you're one. But if it's not Andrew Bell, if you wanted a chance to talk about it, you can take that, whatever you'd like to do. Yeah. So uh, I had Andrew Bell in my honorable mentions until I remembered Silent Planet, which I forgot about throwing him in my honorable mentions. That was just an oversight, similar to you and Charlie Martin. And um, so I changed it and I had to drop him out. But Again, to be honest, this year, it's, I mean, it's deeper than I was expecting it to be when I really looked back and tallied everything up because that Andrew Bell record's so good. I mean, it's incredible. I just think it's one of those records that I listen to and I'm like, this is phenomenal, but I don't personally connect with it or as much as I'd like to, or I don't feel the desire to go back to it as much as I'd like to. And so... Uh, nothing to bash it about. It's just 
I'm not connecting with it as much. Um, kind of similar to Silent Planet in that way. Just, like, so high quality, but I'm not going to go back and listen to it as much. All right. My number one, it's... Uh, my list this year is very unique. And I don't know if this will ever happen again, but I'll say my number one and I'll explain why. My number one is the record True Love by the band Howdy. Yeah. And what makes my list unique is the fact that Charlie Martin, who's half a Howdy, he's one of the two V's. um, That's my second favorite record and howdy's my first so for a side project yeah. of a band to be second and then the actual band to be first that's i feel like very unusual um yeah but true love is just howdy's best record it's i think will taylor because i had listened so much to charlie martin cut through charlie martin that my favorite part of the howdy record is actually will songs because it's just a different side of the band um though i love charlie's songs but whether it's one bottle or um junior day league or uh the there's another track of his that i'm forgetting the name of right now that i really love but yeah the record just so solid so consistent and i think in terms of indie heights like this is like a peak indie record, like one of the best indie records I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, love it so much. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's another album that I haven't listened to enough to have it there. And part of me is still happy that I haven't, although I'm sad for this list, but mostly because I feel like this was a year that I could just, because of the side project, like main project, I could just view this as like Charlie Martin's year. Yeah. And then next year really get into the Howdy record yeah. a lot more. From what I have heard of the Howdy record, it is it's actually not all that close. It's my favorite Howdy record. Yeah. And I haven't listened to it near as much as past ones, but I'm already I just like the sound that they have now more than past sounds. Well the production's like. a if, lot if, crisper. And I think that that's huge for me for some of these things. I don't know. Like, I think especially for Howdy. Like, there's this weird thing of, like, if it's a side project, I'm fine with, like, a lower quality, like, production. There's almost that expectation in my mind. Where if it's your main project, I'm like, I just want really, really good production of it. I don't need it to feel all stripped back and weird. It's one of the things I really had to overcome with Pine Grove in the past is that I want Pine Grove to have amazing production and it was something I had to like kind of accept that that's not Pine Grove and respect it but like move past it yeah and uh and so Howdy is exactly what I want um them to sound like at this moment and so I love that um, yeah in general so yeah, our list, I think it mentally this is our most different year. Yeah, of I agree. Any year. We have, if I counted correctly, two albums that we agreed were top ten. Yeah. And eight ones that were not on either of ours. And what's also crazy, if I'm looking here, um, I don't think that was... Was Switchfoot just an honorable mention for you? Yeah. So we only had one similar honorable mention out of our five, which means out of our top 15, we only have three similar albums at that point. Uh, that's not true. I guess you had honorable mentions for Manchester, Silent Planet. Yeah. But but yeah, it's still five out of our top 30 albums together like that's crazy well to compare to last year in our top 10 we had five overlapping okay so a lot yeah, that's, more that's what year. i hadn't checked yes yes um okay we should probably just quick run 10 to 1 and then say anything else that we're looking forward to next year and close out the pod so uh i'll go quick and give my 10 to 1 so my whole list from 10 to 1 is John Mayer's Sob Rock, Leon Bridges' Gold Digger Sound, 
twice young's twice young mini trees always in motion thrice horizon slash east spirit box eternal blue silent planet iridescent manchester orchestra the million masks of god joe van found in the smoke and number one is andrew bell nightshade and for me i got porches all day gentle hold japanese breakfast record jubilee boy scouts wayfinder another michaels new music and big pop Joe Van, Found in the Smoke, as Andrew said. Men I Trust, untourable album. Uh, Sufjan Stevens and Angelo de Augustine's A Beginner's Mind. Far Caspian's Ways to Get Out. Charlie Martin's Imaginary People and Howdy's True Love. All right. Nate, any albums or musical things you're looking forward to in 2021? two that we know of already yeah so there's a lot of records i'm hoping will come out but the biggest record that i know is coming out is 1111 by pine grove in january january 28th and i am ecstatic um what about you andrew yeah similar uh hoping a lot of these bands um probably not bands that we just mentioned but a lot of uh bands that we really enjoy do come out with albums next year but the only one announced was supposed to be this year but got pushed back uh and it's under oath's new album i'm just looking forward i've enjoyed every single it sounds really cool thus far so hopefully their new record not only comes out which it should uh but is really good Well, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast so you see all of our episodes that we're planning on 2022. Hopefully we can get back a little bit more consistent, which seems crazy because I'm uh, expecting a child in 2022 and probably will be busier than ever. But uh, hopefully we can keep providing some really cool interviews, some good dialogue. One of our favorite things is seeing your guys' lists. Like, as... As fun as it is to make these lists, I love seeing other people's lists. It always gives me a good uh, like to-do list as far as music goes. So please, on our socials, on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at LDLPod, please reach out to us. Give us your top ten. We'll post our top tens there, but we definitely want you to post yours. I would love to see top ten albums, top three EPs uh, for everyone who's listening here. Um, you can also email us at listening at gmail.com uh, in case you'd like to email us not only your top ten albums or top three EPs, but maybe anything else that we should be aware of, uh, any other albums um, that, that we should know. Tell us which list you like more between Nate and I. Just We would love to talk and, and have that dialogue with you guys. So Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Have a great rest of 2021. I don't know when this is posted. It might post right as the year's done. But have a great year and look forward to next year. Have a good one. I'm too worried about keeping my job.